my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Moss Show, where we talk about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing right before our very eyes. And of course, shouldn't be a surprise to you because everywhere you look, it seems like something is shaking apart. Lots of opposing forces. Uh, people are divided at each other's neck. And it's all a sign of the times. We talk about it on a regular basis, a pendulum that swings back and forth from centralization to decentralization on a 250-year time frame. And we are right at the precipice of that. The pendulum is maxing out. We're swinging back. And of course, we talk about that each and every week. And I like to look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. We're at the end of a 80-year financial revolution cycle, a 50-year technological revolution cycle, and of course, a political revolution cycle, all converging right now that help us understand why this world is so crazy right now, how we got here, what's going on, and of course, more importantly, where we are going. Now, today I want to talk about something um, big, really big. As a matter of fact, this might be one of the biggest messages I've put down this week. So if you're just tuning in, make sure to stick around uh, this whole time because you do not want to miss this. I'm going to talk about um, the attack plan that's been planned and been implemented in the United States and really most of the developed world uh, for decades now. And um, it's have, uh, having a massive impact. Um, and I want to talk about this attack plan. I want to I make you aware of it. And then I want to talk to you about my own plan to take their three attack vectors and turn them back against them. So you and I, our kids, our grandkids, your grandkids, my grandkids can have the same beautiful world that we've grew up in, a world of freedom, a world of hope, a world of opportunity, 
um, as opposed to a world of hate and division and um, so-called equality. So we're going to talk about that. Like I said, this is, uh, we're going to talk about the problem, but more importantly, I want to bring to you a solution. There is hope. I believe that uh, no matter what you see happening on the world today, uh, how bad things may be getting, um, you know, the Federal Reserve is telling you their goal is to crush your retirement account and for you to make less money. Uh, the World Economic Forum put out an article this week said that they, that uh, driving is not a uh, right and it shouldn't even be done. And some cities now want to remove the right to even have cars. Uh, of course, they tell you you won't be eating meat. Uh, you won't be traveling in a country, uh, a city in uh, in England. Rolled out a plan in in Oxford. Rolled out a plan where they will only allow you to travel in a fifteen minute radius from your house. They're trying to put that into place next year. The G twenty, the top twenty countries in the world, uh, met about a month or a month and a half ago and agreed to put in a health passport system to restrict movement around the world. Um, all of these things are coming down. Of course, social credit scores, central bank digital currencies. Whoo, and it's scary. It really is. Now, uh, again, I don't want to. I don't want to scare you. I actually want to give you a message of hope because I believe that we can take the same three attack vectors that they've used on us, and we can turn it back on them. We can turn the tides. Now, one thing that I'll say is that uh, I uh, I talk about the doom and gloom all the time uh, because there's. I sit here and I, I talk about, I kind of narrate us as we're going through this. And of course, I'm talking about all the things that are happening on a regular basis that kind of show uh, how we got here, like I said, and where we're going. And while a lot of times it's negative, I am full of hope. I, I do believe in a massive uh, age of prosperity and hope once we get on the other side of this, because I believe as this pendulum swings back, uh, we'll get much more into a neutral stance where we can coexist again. We can all be friends. You can have a different uh, idea or different thoughts than I do. You can decide to live your life a different way than I want to live my life, but we could still be friends. It's the benefit of being individuals. You do you, I'll do me. What's wrong with that? Whatever happened to that? And we can still be friends. Whatever happened to that? We don't all have to hate each other. We don't have to be mad at each other. Uh, it's a sign of the times, and we're going to talk about that. So what are, what are we talking about? What is this plan? Now, there's a plan. Uh, and, and the globalists are using it. The Marxist is really where it came from, Marxism. Of course, I wrote a book titled The Uncommunist Manifesto. If you haven't picked up a copy, you certainly should. You can go to Amazon and just search Uncommunist Manifesto. Of course, it's a rewrite of Karl Marx's original book called The Communist Manifesto, where he basically laid out this uh, manifesto for why communism should be there. And uh, I rewrote the book, and it's titled The Uncommunist and Manifesto, and it's basically a manifesto as to why the world should be uncommunist. <laughs> uh, and so anyway, check that book out. But, you know, in this communist plan, um, there's a lot to dig into there. And of course, Karl Marx wrote a couple different books that are worth looking into if you if you care to understand that. Of course, you know, if you're going to go debate somebody, then you should understand their side of the argument better than they do, right? If you're going to war, if you've read Sun Tzu's The Art of War, which if you haven't, you should also read that book. Um, I've read it a couple times. It's a, it's a short little booklet. But he talks about kind of understanding your enemy, understanding your attack vectors, your weak points. But again, understanding your enemy. Who are they? You know, what are their motivations? Why do they want to attack me? What are their strengths, weaknesses? And so we, we always need to understand that. And I'm not, uh, obviously, I'm not here advocating for war. That's just a book and understanding the other side of the argument. Too many people these days uh, have something just, you know, uh, 
maybe it's a lot of it's confirmation bias where it's like, I believe this thing and I'm just only looking for information that backs up what I think, um, or, you know, willful ignorance or, uh, something called a sunken cost fallacy where well, I've already gone so far down this road. I can't switch now. Um, but, but, but we need to look at both sides. So what am I talking about today? Well, Marxism sort of kind of uh, disappeared a little bit with the fall of communism in the 80s and the 90s, the fall of the Berlin Wall, etc. But really, it went underground. It didn't go anywhere. It went underground. And it found its way in the United States and it found its way into academia, uh, which then worked its way into media and into finance and into politics and basically weaved its way into the very fabric and for the last, uh, I don't know, decade, a couple decades, they've been pushing this plan, and it's a three-part plan, and they call it a top-down, a bottom-up, and an inside-out. That's what they call it. As a matter of fact, um, under Obama, and by the way, Obama, he studied under somebody named Saul Alinsky. Um, if you don't know that name, then you don't really understand what's going on. It's definitely worth taking a look at. But Saul Alinsky, he wrote a book called uh, Rules for Radicals, and basically he was a Marxist educator, and he gave uh, 12 rules of how you should go um, agitate and influence people to be a, this radical. He talked about, uh, he has these eight rules on how to create a socialist state, which are very similar to Karl Marx's 10 points of how to create communism. And what's important to note is that both Saul, uh, Saul Alinsky um, taught both Obama and Hillary Clinton. Both of them talked ex uh, extensively about how influential um, Solinsky was in their lives. And so again, you just have to understand these people so you can understand their frame of mind and where they're coming from. And so they talked about this three-part plan. Of course, under Obama, he appointed someone named Van Jones. Van Jones uh, worked on uh, the Green Coalition, you know, as a czar under Obama. Obama created all these czars, which basically headed up industry. So these were non-elected leaders who were now some of the most powerful people in the country over each one of these areas and really helped kind of grow this administrative state that we have. Uh, but anyway, let's play this clip here just to start this off of Van Jones explaining what this is. Let's go ahead and play this here. Change has to be top down, bottom up, and inside out. Uh, it's got to be top down in terms of, you know, we can't just leave uh, the federal government in the hands of our enemies and expect to make a lot of progress. Um, so even if we can't get everything done that we want to get done out of D.C., we, we, we certainly can't let other people have the, the levels of control in D.C. But also, you can see right now, D.C. can't do much by itself. You have to have that bottom-up movement, and that's what's been missing, is that bottom-up sense of movement to get the best out of D.C. And what's cops, what's stopping so, oh, man, we can't leave the federal government in the hands of our enemies. <laughs> Why do they got to be enemies? <laughs> See, right off the bat, instantly pitting each other against each other. Why are they enemies? Of course, you probably know from Karl Marx's book, The Communist Manifesto, it was about pitting people against each other. But don't worry. We got hope. We got prosperity. We're going to explain this plan so you can understand it. We'll use it against them if you're just tuning in and you're listening to The Mark Moss Show talking about the decentralized revolution, talking about right now how we can defeat the globalist plan with their own tools against them. I got a whole lot to cover. You don't want to miss this. Don't go away. I'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. 
I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, of course, each and every week. And right now, we're talking specifically about how to use the globalist plan and agenda against them. If you're not happy with uh, you know, their goal of you owning nothing and being happy and you not being able to travel around uh, the world or eat, eat steak or you know, be able to have a family or any of that stuff, if you're not happy with that, well, then maybe we can go back to a world where you have choice where you're free to decide if you want those things and if you don't want those things. Um, I was just playing a clip before the break of Van Jones, um, who is very influential. He was a a, a czar under Obama. Um, Recently, Jeff Bezos gave him $100 million to go spend as he sees fit to push change. And of course, that clip he was talking about, the top-down, the bottom-up, and the inside-out approach, the top-down being politics. And he said, we can't let our enemies... In the federal government. And as I said, why do they got to be enemies? Like, can't we just work together? But that, that's part of the views of these, these uh, globalists or Marxists is uh, Karl Marx wrote about in the Communist Manifesto, the two groups of people that constantly fight against each other, the oppressed and the oppressors. Really? Like we all struggle in life. Sure, we struggle, we struggle to survive. We struggle against the earth. We struggle against lots of things, but we don't have to struggle against each other. There's, there's two modes of building wealth. One is cooperation where we work together. That's capitalism. Hey, you killed an animal. I got a fire. How about we share the fire and the animal and we, we eat together? That's cooperation. Hey, if you help me, I'll help you. We'll both be better off for it. That's cooperation. Coercion is... I know what's better than you do, so you shut up, and I'm just going to take what you have, and I'll tell you what to do. And so coercion, and, that, and that's, part of the, that's part of the problem. That's, where, that's why we're at where we are today, where everyone's at each other's throats, because, again, back to cooperation, um, you know, how America was founded with individualism is, again, I do me, you do you. We can still be friends. You want to do those things? Great. I want to do these things? Great. The problem is the other side, as Van Jones says, your enemies, why do they got to be enemies? The problem is when they want to tell the other side what to do. So that's the problem. One side, you know, uh, if, if, if you listen to this podcast and it influences you, great. I'll have influence over you. But I uh, don't want to have power. 
power over you. I don't want to tell you what to do. I don't want to control you. But unfortunately, one side does. And that's where the butting head goes. Because again, you do you, I'll do me. But they aren't like that. They're like, no, 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 no. You do what I say. And that's where we come to a head. And so he says we need to, we can't let our enemies control the government. What we really need is the bottom up. And so the bottom up is what influences the government. That's what he wants. Now we have the top down again. Those are the politicians. And what we've seen, and it's, it's easy to see, we've seen these extremist politicians coming into play, um, into power, right? And, and they have these crazy policies. Even even the own Democratic Party says that these uh, left, you know, this this far left wing are, are too far out of touch. Even Van Jones himself um, was on TV recently saying that they just completely lost touch. They're using words that nobody would use. Like he said, they're so out of, even Van Jones himself. And he said, uh, they're using words like made up words like Latinx. He's like, I've never met, I've never met a Latinx person in my life. I don't even know what that is. Like, uh, right. Uh, th- and so they're, they're out of touch, but also probably on the other side, on the, on the right as well, probably on the far right extreme, they're, they're out of touch as well. The point is, is that there's these extreme people in both sides, these politicians, these extremists to push these top down policies. And then the bottom up is then the agitators. Right. So then this is where you get the, um, you know, the protesters coming in, you know, piles of bricks showing up all over downtown. So Antifa could smash buildings, um, you know, all types of school activism and gun activism and and on and on and on. And all this chaos starts to create distrust in the government. It starts to make people feel very uncomfortable. And that's the whole point. They want you to feel uncomfortable. And going back to, again, Karl Marx in the Communist Manifesto, and if you read his books, what he wants is he wants people to always be uncomfortable so they'll always be in a state or in a mindset of revolution. Same with Saul Alinsky. They don't want you to be comfortable. They always want you to be at unease so that you're always um, trying to agitate. So you're always trying to push this revolution because once you, you know, you get married and you got a couple kids and you got your house and you're comfortable and you're happy, then you don't want revolution anymore. You're happy. Is that such a bad thing? Doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me. Uh, and so they want to, they want to agitate. And what happens is, you know, we can, we can withstand a lot of things. Uh, a couple of things that we don't want is we just don't want violence around us. Right. And so people have left, you know, lots of Immigrants have come to the United States because in whatever country they were in, there was persecution, you know, there was crime, uh, no private property rights, et cetera. And so they're, they're tired of that. They don't want to live under that. And so they come and they live in the U.S. where there's supposedly rule of law. Unfortunately, now you see in major cities like Seattle and San Francisco, uh, New York City, where the crime rates uh, have absolutely exploded because, of course, they want to end the police. They want to defund the police. They want to... Um, take away cash bail. They want to do all these things. They want to uh, decriminalize theft under $1,000. And so when you make it, when it's not illegal to steal or resist arrest, then what happens? Then people steal and resist arrest. And so all of a sudden, these cities start having this high rates of crime. Now, why is that happening? Well, because again, the bottom up, they need the agitation. They need you to feel uncomfortable so that then you'll push the top down, right? So then you'll drive the politicians. All right. So if that makes sense. And then and then the inside out is where then us in the middle get squeezed. You have the agitators on the bottom. You have the politicians at the top and the, uh, the, the middle. Most normal people, you and I, we're like, enough. We don't want this anymore. Uh, we need change. Uh, we're, we're, we're more than happy just to give up our privacy and our freedom. If you can just make it stop, just make it stop. Just bring 
peace back. Just bring harmony back. And I don't care if I lose my freedom and my privacy, anything. Of course, uh, that's what happens. That's what happened um, with, in Hitler's Germany, right? After World War II, the, uh, or after World War I, things had gotten so bad there. And then they brought in the agitators. Hitler had his uh, brown shirts, right? And they started causing all these problems. And the people were ready for anything anything. And so they went into that Czechoslovakia in 1948. Uh, same thing. They had uh, Soviet backing came in, ran a coup, a coup d'etat, took over the country, uh, but they caused so much agitation that the people were just ready. Whatever, fine. Give us communism. Take, take away all our, our free will and rights. It's okay. As long as we just can have peace back. And so that's this agitation that happens. And of course it's celebrated uh, here. Obama, when, when this was all happening, um, after uh, George Floyd, um, you know, uh, died, and then we had all the protests going all over the world, he said, "Quote: I've been hearing a little bit of chatter on the internet about voting versus protest. This is Obama speaking. Politics and participation versus disobedience and direct action." Obama said, "This is not an either or. This is a both. And to bring about real change, we both have to highlight a problem and make people in power uncomfortable." End quote. That's Obama. Of course, he studied under Saul Alinsky. So, of course, he said that. And so what he's saying is that, hey, look, uh, participation in politics and protesting, being disobedient. It's not about either one, which one's better. It's about both. We have to make people uncomfortable, end quote. That's from Obama. And so this is the goal. Now, uh, again, this sounds bad, but don't worry. There's massive hope and prosperity because I can show you how we can take the same three-part approach and use it to get what we want, which, what do we want? I want me to get what I want, and I want you to get what you want. There's no such thing as utopia, because <laughs> your version of utopia is a mighty version of utopia. So we all have our own. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the three-part approach that the globalists are using right now against us and how we can turn the tables and the tide back. This is an important message full of hope and prosperity. You don't want to miss these next couple parts. Don't go away. I'll be right back. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. 
On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We talk about the decentralized revolution each and every week, how the world's changing. We're specifically right now talking about how we defeat the globalist plan, how we take their exact strategy, their three-part strategy, and we use it back against them. That's the goal. Now, um, I do want to say just real quick, if you're just tuning in, uh, I am actually going to be doing a big three-day event talking about this, bringing some expert speakers in. I have Robert Kiyosaki coming to headline it and some others. And we're going to talk about how this big problem actually creates a massive opportunity in what I'm calling the parallel economy. It's one of the biggest opportunities we have, not just to make a lot of money, but also it's how we influence change. It's part of this three-part plan that I'm going to continue to unveil for you. So if you want to check it out, you can go to onemarkmoss.com, onemarkmoss.com slash radio. Again, uh, I'm sorry, it's go.onemarkmoss.com slash radio, go.onemarkmoss.com. Uh, slash radio and check it out. But let's keep going here. So back to the second part, uh, the bottom up is this agitation. And I just want to give you a couple examples because I already gave you a couple, but maybe it sounds a little bit vague. So um, there's an article that came out um, just this week, why Coke went woke, Coca-Cola. So if you're not aware, Coca-Cola went very woke. Uh, of course, they've uh, you know, decided to defund lots of things. They've threatened to move out of the state of uh, Georgia over you know, politics and stuff like that. And they've gotten very uh, woke over there. And, and, and why? What led to that? What led to that? Well, what we saw is that there is a whistleblower that happened to just come out um, who used to work at Coca-Cola and kind of explained it for us. And of course, you know, businesses are looking out for their own best interest to make money. And so this whistleblower says that Coca-Cola paid the NAACP millions of dollars to call parents racists if they opposed a sugary diet. So he said he was in the room with Coca-Cola when they paid the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, NAACP, millions of dollars to accuse parents of racism if they didn't agree with soda being included in food stamp funding. Um, Callie Means, author and co-founder of True Medicine, revealed on Tucker Carlson that he actually witnessed the company give millions of dollars to NAACP and the Hispanic Federation, both directly and through front groups. And he says, quote, it's transactional. They say the quiet part out loud. Coke will give, in this case, the NAACP, millions of dollars for the NAACP to call opponents, in this case, parents, who are concerned about their kids ingesting you know, 100 times more sugar than they did 100 years ago, to call them racist and to shut them down. The NAACP received at least $2.1 million from the soda giant since 1986. So again, agitation. Let's take these woke ideologies. Let's create this change. 
and this is how it's happened. We, we, we have another good example, another article I saw this week. This is just two articles from just this week. Uh, here, college students are paid in California are paid $22 an hour to promote climate alarmism. If students want to become climate change activists, California's for All College Corps as, as an organization, um, which is affiliated and appointed by the governor's office, Gavin Newsom's office, will be glad to pay them $10,000 from the taxpayers, you and I's money, taxpayers' pocket to each student. It says, the, uh, um, looking at a program brochure, students, it, it breaks students down into different categories for their paid activist chores. Half of them will indoctrinate minors who do not already attend one of the state's indoctrination centers. Um, and nearly 30% of the students will address food insecurity. 22% will be taking climate action. Uh, 450 hours of climate alarmism must be completed throughout the academic year to get paid. And so, again, paying people, agitators to go out there. Again, this is nothing new. Um, we've seen this over and over. Uh, when Obama was president, they hired lots of uh, paid activists to go out and protest with the um, unions, you know, join Wall, um, Occupy Wall Street, all of that. Um, and so, again, just create that agitation, paying college students to go out there and cause this division. So a lot of this isn't just natural. It's not natural. It's not just happening. We all used to get along. Recently, I watched um, on Netflix, they had a documentary series on the Bulls. I think it was The Last Dance, I think it was, which was really, really cool. Um, I'm not even a big basketball fan. I'm Actually, I'm not a basketball fan at all, really. Um, but I was kind of growing up at the time when the Bulls went on that six championship run. Of course, Michael Jordan was, you know, the best player ever. Uh, number 23, still the GOAT, the greatest of all times. And, uh, you know, I'm not a basketball player, but I, I was really enjoying, you know, the Bulls. And, of course, Michael Jordan, everybody cheers for him. I, I love a good champion. Uh, and I was amazed in that, in that documentary. It's, it's worth watching just how much of a champion Michael Jordan really is. He really carried that team. But what, what one thing that caught me is, you know, this is old footage. And so they're showing all these games and all these people that were getting together and all the parties that were happening and whatever. And it was just like, man, like, you know, the black people, the white people, the, every race, you know, sexual preference, gender, whatever. They're all there and everybody was just happy. Everyone was just having fun. It didn't used to be like that. And, it, and, it, and it's not, it's not on, it's not an accident. It's intentional. Okay. Now, what are we going to do about this? And how do we um, use this same three-part plan in order to defeat this global agenda, to, to, to defeat this Marxism plan that wants to divide us and put us at each other's throat so we can all have peace and harmony. We can all get what we want. Remember, again, as I said earlier before the break, there's no such thing as utopia. Your idea of utopia is different than my idea of utopia. And so there just will never be that. One person or one group of people can never make decisions for 340 million people in the U.S. or, you know, 7, 8 billion people in the world because they don't know what everybody wants. Most people don't even know what they want. But we should all be free to go find out what that is. And so how do we turn this plan upside down, break the globalist agenda so we have freedom to go seek out, you know, whatever it is that we want out of life. All right. So they have a three-part plan, the top down, the bottom up, and the inside out. And I propose a very similar three-part plan. I'm also calling it top down, bottom up, and inside out. But the inside out piece is something that I have just a little bit different than what they have. Now, um, 
Let's play this second clip of Van Jones talking about the same three-part um, strategy here. You handle the top down, but it's also bottom up and inside out. Top down, bottom up, and inside out. So now your challenge as you leave here, our challenge, is to take care of that bottom-up part. All right, so he challenged you. I'm challenging you as well. That's the bottom-up. And so I say it all the time. Look, don't just listen to my videos or the podcast or the radio show, wherever you're watching me. Um, you can find me making videos on YouTube. Just search Mark Moss or the radio and the podcast on your favorite podcast player. Um, and I challenge you, don't just listen to this. Go discuss these ideas. Go talk about them with your neighbors, your friends, your family, your coworkers, whatever it is. Discuss them. Truth is found through open, honest, intelligent discussion. Last week on the podcast, I had somebody on uh, Ryan Daniel Moran who I did not agree with, but we had a very civil, intellectual discussion. It wasn't a debate. It was a discussion. I didn't convince him necessarily. He didn't convince me, but we were able to understand each other and we're friends and we've been texting, you know, in the, in the week since. Um, and so have these discussions so you can start to think of think, think it through on your own. And so that's the challenge. That's the bottom up. We need to go spread this information because the leaders at the top, the politicians, they don't really enforce things as much as they react to things. And so whatever the people want or demand, I mean, in a representative government like we have, then they should be responding to. But more importantly, it's the inside out is where we have the massive, massive opportunity. And so the challenge is, as Van Jones challenged the bottom up, challenged you to go do something. I'm also challenging you. One, go talk about these ideas. But more importantly, it's the inside out part is where we have the most leverage. And I want to talk about that. Now, I am doing a three-day event where I'm going to really break this down, bring in a bunch of expert speak speakers. You can check out go.onemarkmoss.com, go.onemarkmoss.com slash radio go.onemarkmoss.com slash radio to find out about this three-day event. It's, it's a live virtual event, so you can learn about this opportunity, but I'm going to explain it for you right now, how we do this inside out, how it's the biggest opportunity you have to build, grow, and protect your wealth, but also affect massive change for freedom. So I'll explain that more in a minute when I come back. Don't go away. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, we talk about the decentralized revolution each and every week. And today, I'm talking about something super important, super important. It's the way to beat the globalist agenda using their own tools, their own plan and strategy against them. Uh, I've played you a couple of clips. They talk, they call it a top-down, a bottom-up, and an inside-out. And so we're also going to use the same top-down, bottom-up, and inside-out approach. And so, again, just like them, top-down. We need to influence politics. Now, it's unfortunate your vote probably doesn't mean that much anymore. I think everything that you need to know about politics, or I should say voting, was really summed up in this last election. And I'm not even going to go deep into that. But you probably know like your vote doesn't really carry a whole lot of weight anymore. But the closer the vote is to you, the more powerful or more important it is. So your local politics are more important and you have more influence over those. Who your mayor is, who runs your county, who your sheriff is might be one of the most important. Your sheriff, your district attorneys, and your governors, all right? So you have more influence short, closer to you. The president, forget about it, right? So um, still vote, right? I mean, you probably don't have a, a big big, uh, a, a big amount of influence there, but you do it, of course, uh, like I said, influence the local government. Then the bottom up, that's all of you. So take this information, go discuss these ideas, bring awareness to these ideas. But where we have the biggest leverage is the inside out. And that's what I want to talk about. So really where most of this change happened wasn't from the government, wasn't from the politicians, because we have something called the Constitution. And that's the law of the land. And these Marxist policies, these globalist agendas, they're not, they don't, they don't fit within our the law of the land or the Constitution. And so while they are trying to rewrite some of the laws, um, at the end of the day, we have the Constitution to protect us. So they're not really being mandated. They're not laws that are coming down. And then at the bottom, you know, we have our, our neighbors, our friends, our family, and we have the agitators, and, and we can have some influence there. But it's the inside out, and really where the change has come from is not from the laws that or regulations being passed. It's by the private companies. It's by the banks. It's by Coca-Cola right here. As I just gave you the example, Coca-Cola paying uh, these, these organizations, you know, to, to call people out. It's the companies themselves that are pushing these and they're doing it with your money. You're giving money to Coca-Cola and then Coca-Cola is giving that money to these people to work against your best interests. You put your money into BlackRock and BlackRock then uses it against your best interests. Now, maybe you like those interests, but if you don't, then you're stuck giving them money. So it's the inside out. It's the, it's the businesses that are really affecting things. It's not elected leaders. And it's not, you know, the people on the street. They don't have the power. It's the companies themselves. So how do we change that? And that's where we have the opportunity. And so 
Again, I'm talking about something called the parallel markets or parallel economies. And so, you know, I talk about this many times where, you know, I, we have the kind of the main legacy um, categories, right? So mainstream media, you know, CNN or MSNBC or CBS or ABC, none of those would even cover, they wouldn't even talk about the Twitter files of Elon, uh, Elon Musk exposing how the FBI was, was using Twitter to censor people. They wouldn't even talk about it. And, and I'm not going to spend any time, effort, or energy to go and uh, try to change that. But I can start my own media like I have right here, like you're listening to me right now. Uh, the banking system, right? I can't change the banking system, but I can pull my money out of the banking system. I can't change the education system. Uh, I'd like to, but I can't. And so I've just pulled my kids out and we just homeschool, right? Um, and I, I can't, I don't, I don't trust the t- typical medical system. And so, um, and you know, the way insurance is and stuff like that these days. So I have my own doctors that I just pay and, uh, I get my own personal care from them. And so these are creating parallel markets, parallel economies. So instead of mainstream media, we have alternative media. Instead of public education, we have private schools and homeschools, homeschool pods, Right. Instead of, uh, you know, uh, HMO health insurance where they don't really care about you and the like cattle, you have private doctors, right? And you have all these different types of things. And so that is the massive opportunity. And that's how we have massive change. So instead of giving your money to companies that work against you, you can give your money to companies who are actually working in your best interest. So for example, um, the FDA, which is supposed to control our food and does a horrible job. Their food pyramid is insane. I, I, I talked about it before, but it's like they said that it's better to eat like Lucky Charms than it is to have a, a real egg cooked in butter. I mean, it just couldn't be more insane. You know, they want your food, your, your, your cows to be pumped full of hormones and antibiotics, which of course is not good for you. Um, and then any farmers or ranchers that are growing on their own, they want to shut them down so that meat never gets gets to market. But I, I had somebody on my show before, Texas Slim, who's building out the, the beef initiative. And now we can buy, you and I as individual people can buy food directly from the farmers and ranchers that grow it or raise it the way that we want. And there's a massive opportunity. He's making lots of money and he's doing a massive public service. And so there's this huge blue ocean opportunity, we call it, a blue ocean where people would just beg to give you money. A good example is Ben Shapiro. A lot of you guys might know Ben Shapiro. He says lots of mean things. He said that, um, he said that men can't get pregnant. And uh, one of his show sponsors, Harry's Razors, got so mad at him that they said, hey, Ben Shapiro, you need to apologize, formally apologize for that, or we're going to pull our sponsorship. And he said, no, you know what? I'm not going to pull my sponsorship. As a matter of fact, I'm going to drop your sponsorship, and I'm going to create a new razor company. Instead of Harry's Razors, I'm going to create Harry uh, Jeremy's Razors. And... It's just going to be anti-woke. And so they created a, a, a copycat, a private label razor company, put the whole messaging on there, put the story of what happened, and they're crushing it. And so as a consumer, I can choose to give money to Harry's Razors, which supports you know one agenda, or now I can give my money to Jeremy's Razors, which supports a different agenda. And now it's up to me, the consumer, to vote with my money. That's the key piece here. Your political vote doesn't mean that much anymore. Now, we should still do it. And and again, closer the better. But the most powerful, the most important vote you have is with your money. So now people have a choice. Harry's razors woke. Jeremy's razors anti-woke. And I get to choose. 
Now, the opportunity, well, in order to have massive change, we need to change the businesses. The companies, the Coca-Colas of the world, the Disney's, they go woke and they want to they want to change policies based off of, you know, the Twitter mob or whatever, right? These people are all angry and, and noisy, so they they go along with it. But what they really care about is the money, their businesses. And so if you hit them where their money is, they're going to be forced to change. A good example is BlackRock. I've talked about this several times throughout the show, or several shows, where um, they've basically become one of the biggest purveyors, pushers of ESG, you know, shutting down fossil fuels, working against people's best interest. I believe six states now have pulled their money, divested their money, their pensions from BlackRock. And now BlackRock's going, whoa, 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 hang on. We're not as bad as you think we are. Vanguard, their biggest competitor, has now said that they are abandoning the net zero. And so uh, there's, a, there's a company that's popped up to um, challenge um, BlackRock, and it's called Strive Asset Management. And they're like BlackRock, except for they're going against with other agendas. And now you as a consumer get to decide what you want. And that's how we have changed. Now, the opportunity is there's not enough of these choices for you and I to make. We don't have enough choices with voting with our money. And so if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur or, or want to be, there's this massive blue ocean opportunity to make lots of money, give people the chance to vote with their money. And that's the inside out that will have the most change. And it's how we change the world. Now, Again, I'm going to do a three-day live event where I'm going to break this down. I have speakers coming in, experts talking about business and how to do all this. Robert Kiyosaki is the main keynote. Check it out. Go to go.onemarkmoss.com, go.onemarkmoss.com slash radio. Again, go.onemarkmoss.com slash radio to find out about this event uh, and learn about the parallel economy, how the opportunity is, and how we affect change. But look, you know, like Van Jones says, we need to challenge. It's a challenge to you. The days of just sitting back and being passive, I mean, you can keep doing it, but you're just going to get what you get. What we want to do is we want to build the world that we want. We want to live with intention, build the relationship with your wife and kids, build your bank account, build your lifestyle, build with intention, build the world for the future generations. And that's my challenge to you. Go discuss these ideas and do something about it. You listen to the Mark Moss show, that's what I got. Thanks for listening. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, "Somebody's in the house." And I screamed. <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.